The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. A mystical fox woman may have broken out of a rock in Japan. Does that spell doom for the rest of the world? And then, there are many people who wish they have had a paranormal experience. Specifically, a lot of people wish they could see a ghost. Well, maybe we do every time we step outside. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. I think it's the start of allergy season because my nose is running. Hopefully I can edit out all the little sniffles. But someone who never makes me sniffle walking into Dead Rabbit Command right now, longtime supporter of the show, and our Thanksgiving livestream supporter for today. Give it up for spiritual abortion. Woohoo! Come on into Dead Rabbit Command Spiritual. Float on in like a little ghost. Spiritual abortion. You're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the show financially, I totally understand. Just help spread the word about the show. That really, really helps out a lot. Spiritual Let's go ahead and toss you the hair hang glider. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. We are going to glide all the way out to Japan. I got this recommendation the other day from one of our, again, longtime supporters of the show, Ampus Allen. So thank you, Ampus, for sending this on over. And this story's really gone... Okay. And this story's really gone viral. As <laughs> I'm about to talk about this ghost... The stuff's flying around in my apartment. I don't know if you if the microphone picked that up, but as the story the story let me get back on let me get back on topic. This is a weird one. The story's gone viral. It's hit the mainstream media. I heard about it on the X board, and this is what it is. We are at Mount Nasu. That is in the Tokigi prefecture in Japan. There's been a prison break, but not one of the prison breaks that you have to be worried about some dude in an orange jumpsuit jacking you while you're driving on the road. Give me your car. Give me your wallet, too. Give me everything you have. No, not one of those prison breaks. That would be preferable. This is the prison break of a very, very well-known and very, very hard-to-defeat demon. Well, demon might not be the right word. In Japan, it's known as a yokai, which is like a spirit. It's kind of like a devious spirit. The yokai or the yokai, it's a really interesting mythology they have over there. I got a lot of requests to cover the yokai as a whole since the beginning of the show. The reason why I never have is there's basically two types of yokai. The ones that are from old legends and old fables, and then they just made... (laughs) At some point, they started making them up, and it's known that they made them up in the culture over there. In Japan, there's like this period of time where we made up all these really cool ones, a bunch of writers made them up, and they get mixed in with the ones that are based on old legends. And I didn't want to basically just do the old timey version of the SCP Foundation. So once I realized that a lot of times you can't tell which ones are totally made up, and you're like, Jason, well, the Greek gods are 
technically made up. They don't exist. Yeah, but they're from old legends. Like, people thought they existed. The newer versions, and when I say newer, I'm talking like 1600s. The yokai are just, they're like, oh, and what if there's one that, like, does this really, really, really cool thing? But you know what I mean? Like, there's a difference. There's the creepypasta. And they're the, then there are the ones people actually fear. So we have this one we're going to look at. And this one does seem to be far enough back that it seems to be one of the real ones. And if, if this story has any truth to it, it's absolutely fascinating. So there's been a prison break. There's this thing called the Sesho Seki, or the Killing Stone. And it was this giant rock sitting near Mount Nasu. Now, this area has a lot of sulfur springs. And the story was that if you went near this rock, you would die. It was putting out some sort of poison gas. And this was the perfect holding spot for one of the world's worst villains. And I want to give a shout out to Lily0727K. They're the ones who originally saw what had happened. Saw that this rock is broken open and a warding rope that had been attached to it. I don't, I don't know how the rope was attached if when you go near the rock, you die from poison. But anyway, someone with really, really long arms, someone who could hold their breath for a long time, attached this rope with a warding spell, basically, a seal, and they trapped this creature in the rock. But you're going, Jason, which creature are we talking about? She's known as Tamamo no Mei, and it's a nine-tailed fox lady. It appears that Tamamo no Mei has broken out of their prison. They were put in this hundreds of years ago into this rock. Tamamo no Mei, we probably aren't familiar with the name, but we may soon be bowing down to this creature. This is the Japanese name for this nine-tailed fox spirit. But this is a creature who has devastated multiple countries in the ancient world. According to legend, this is a spirit that possesses concubines or wives or consorts close to or at the right hand of very, very powerful generals, kings, princes, things like that. And basically, once she's in a position of power, once she possesses one of these women... She then begins to use her influence. She has the king's ear to put forth evil policies. She's actually credited. I mean, it depends on whether or not you're a fan of the Shang Dynasty. She's either credited or blamed for the toppling of the Shang Dynasty in China. Then she left that. She's like floating away as the whole civilization is falling apart. See you later, losers. She then goes to India and has the ear of a prince in India and convinces him to cut the heads off of 1,000 men. And she's like, ka-chow! That's exactly what I wanted. I'm out of here. You figure the poor, like, concubine, the poor concubine, as the spirit's leaving her, she's like, oh, man, what was I up to the past nine months? It's totally blacked out. And then she looks, and there's a 1,000 heads in front of her. She's like, whoa! Then, at this point, people start to look out for this female character. They start to, the cultures and the countries are like, listen, if we ever see this woman, because she's possessed, you know, like there's a woman walking up to the king being like, hey, baby, and she has nine tails coming out of her butthole. She's this, they're getting possessed. So how do you stop this? But now that two empires have had some serious problems with this thing, they know kind of what the science to look for. It ends up making its way back to China. And there it possessed the concubine of King Yu. 
and was stymied, was actually not able to do any sort of evil there, the military formed an army to chase her off. Now, I don't know if that means that she's like, you'll never defeat my magic. And she's like shooting beams and like military troops are getting blown away. And they're like, more spears, throw them at that thing. And she's like putting up four shields and she's like, my might is too strong. Or there was a concubine running through the desert and an entire army chasing her. And she's like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. And they're like, keep moving, man. Like, I don't know. It just says that the army chased her off. I don't know if it was a cool magical battle or if a one single concubine was chased through the forest by 10,000 troops. This goes on for a while, right? And it's, she's kind of moving from culture to culture and we lose track of her after she gets chased out of China. We kind of lose track of her and I'm wondering if she moved to other cultures other that weren't planning. They didn't know about this thing, right? If she moved to the Middle East or she moved to Western Europe or whatever, she could have done some damage and, and not have been recorded because they wouldn't have known the science to look for. But anyways, she's like talking to one guy. She's like, you know what will be great for Europe? A little thing called the Dark Ages. And he's like, hmm, that does sound like a good plan. Destroy the history books. And then she's flown away. <laughs> anyway, she goes back to the Asia region and she ends up in Japan. And the last form she takes is the form of this concubine, Tamamo Nome. She's considered the most beautiful and smartest courtesan of Emperor Toba. And you could ask her any question. They'd be like, hey, what was the name? What was the name of that horrible creature that's been floating around killing a bunch of people? And she's like, uh, that you. <laughs> you heard the name of the creature. Everyone attack her. And he that person gets chased off of the military. But this creature, this possessed woman, right, can answer any question put before her. And then the emperor starts to fall ill. And luckily, there are people close to him that have good memories. And they're like, hmm, we know that <laughs> we know that there's this evil spirit that's been floating around the region. And maybe that's the reason why the emperor is falling ill. Maybe it's one of his concubines. And it doesn't take him long to figure that it's probably the most beautiful. And <laughs> the one who knows everything, the one that has supernatural knowledge, might be possessed. And once again, the spirit is chased out. Now, that's the legend of Tamamo Nome. And that was the name of the latest body that it had possessed, if I, if I got this correctly. The idea of her being put in the stone doesn't seem to be part of the original legend, honestly. Like, I could be wrong, but looking through the stuff, that, I think, was added on by later yokai writers and that's the type of thing when i was like because i was looking into this story and i thought oh well, i don't know at what point the fiction like the knowable fiction stuff comes in but once ampus allen was like hey man you want to do this he's always all breaking rocks he's breaking rocks and he's like come on demons take over the world i stop breaking rocks bro i've covered your story i said i'll take another look at it but so we have the actual ancient legend of this nine-tailed fox traveling around the region and the part of it being trapped in the rock, i that's definitely part of the legend, but it might have been added on later by some fiction writer who wanted to give the story some ending. But whatever it is right now for you know, hundreds of years, even the fictional stuff, right, has been around for hundreds of years. 
it was supposedly in this stone with this warding band on it. Like someone actually con constructed all this stuff. It wasn't actually a band that just said, caution, rock may crack. It was a warding thing for this fox, but that could again also just be creepypasta on top of it. That So it wouldn't surprise me that somebody added this band on there if they heard, heard the story. But again, you'd think if you go near the rock, it kills you. That's part of the legend who put the warding band on it. Well, anyways, it's broken open. So local authority, this is a historical place. And so the local authorities and national authorities are meeting about this. Like, what are we going to do? Are we going to put the rock back together? You know, it's kind of part of the legend that we don't. <laughs> and there's a beautiful concubine being like, no, let's just leave it open. Let's just leave it open. In fact, let's destroy it. And they're like, oh, she is pretty hot and she's smart. Maybe we'll do what she says. But they like local officials are like, listen, the rock did have a giant crack in it. Apparently, there's other photographs showing that it was falling apart. But it's definitely a very, very interesting story because we would not be set up for something like this in modern society, would we? Because if you think about it, Back then, women were not really allowed positions of leadership in most countries. So this nine-tailed fox spirit would have to possess a concubine or a courtesan, something like that. This creature could easily, it could possess Taylor Swift and have a multimedia empire to wage war with, right? Taylor Swift releases her new album, Streets Run Red from a Thousand Severed Heads, and she's like singing this song, and everyone's like, I'll do this song. It's super good, isn't it? And they turn, they chopped off their buddy's head as they're driving in the car. They're like, la, 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 I love this song. I mean, you have someone who's possessing women in this day and age would have a million possibilities. You could be a world leader, right? Angela Merkel's walking through her office one day and they're like, hey, Angela, what's up? And she just keeps walking. She doesn't like being called by her first name. It's Madame Merkel. And then she just walks in her office and she like opens up like a box and she presses a button, a big red button that says, activate Fourth Reich. Doot! And then Germany just starts to become like nuts again. And everyone would be like, we should, we should have disconnected that button. I don't know why we left it in there. She could become a direct world leader. She wouldn't have to be an advisor. So if this is real, women have so much power in the modern world that this fox-tailed lady has infinite avenues to cause destruction. Fascinating story. Fascinating story. Thanks for sending it over, Ampazel. And again, quit breaking those rocks. We'll see what happens. Spiritual abortion. Let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. We're going to leave behind Japan. We tried. <laughs> we have that rock and there's like band-aids on it and some duct tape. That's eh, good enough. <laughs> For a metaphysical prison, that's good enough. Let's get out of here. We're flying away from Mount Nasu. We are headed all the way out to Virginia. <laughs> Spiritual abortion, keep flying this carbon copter. We are headed to Loudoun County, Virginia. Specifically, we're headed to the Ivon Estate. The Ivon Estate. Nowadays, it's just private farmland. But back in the 1750s, a giant stone manor house was built. And it was built for Thomas Mason. And it was huge. It was big enough for his family. It was big enough for house guests. All the servants who lived there as well. But shortly after it was built, 
you're like, Chewbacca showed up? That's awesome. The dimensional merge is real. No, that was a black bear was spotted on the property. This massive black bear. And you would be like, oh, dude, that totally sucks, man. This giant black, that'd be terrifying back in the 1750s. Nowadays, I would just call someone and be like, hey, get rid of this bear. But back then, you didn't have a phone. Back then, you had to take care of everything yourself or like one of your dudes had to go out and do that. You had a black bear walking around your property. It's not safe. And then, that's bad enough, right? Black bear on your property. You might want to eat some bear steaks, but one day someone wakes up. Ooh, what time is it? I don't even have a clock. Clocks weren't invented. The sundial's outside. You turn and you look. The black bear was in their bedroom. The black bear, the black bear, it's in my room. And everyone ran into the room and there was nothing there. Then, you know, like a week or two later, someone else is sleeping in bed. Got the little sleepy time cap with a little fuzzy ball on the end. Okay, I'm stop doing the stop doing the bear noises. It's right in my throat. They wake up. There's a giant black bear at the edge of their bed. What they realize, I don't, I don't know why they didn't immediately move out. But what they realize is there's no way for this bear to be getting in the house. And bears are known for a lot of things. Being sneaky isn't one of them. You would have heard this thing coming through the house. Why is it just standing at the feet of people's beds and growling once they wake up? It's not like eating them. It's not doing anything fun. It's not teaching them about the bear necessities. Nothing. They realize this is a ghost bear. This bear has all the attributes of a ghost, except it's a bear. Animal ghosts, as far as we know, are incredibly rare. We see a lot of ghost dogs. Guarding graveyards and things like that. Demonic dogs. But a ghost bear. This bear was seen off and on at Ivan Estate over the course of 150 years. The last family that lived in the house, this was the 1900s. One night, they were like, we're done. They actually fled the house in the middle of the night because they got tired of waking up with a giant black bear at the foot of their bed. They're like, we're out. They were the last people to actually live in the house. This thing was appearing with such regularity that it was putting too much stress on the family. So from the 1900s on, no one lived in the house. Eventually, a fire destroyed the abandoned mansion. And nowadays, it's farmland. But where this house stood... People still see this black bear wandering around the area. It's interesting because just a couple days after I read that story, I found another ghost bear in 1860, Tower of London. There was a guard in the place known as the Jewel Office. That's where Anne Boleyn was held prisoner. And he's sitting there and he sees something begin to move and the gap where the door and the floor don't quite meet. This shape is moving through it. It's flattened and it's coming through it. And then it begins to slowly materialize like rising mist into the form of a bear. Now, he is a guard in the Tower of London. I don't know what they're guarding it from. The place is called the Jewel Office, so maybe it's full of jewels. Scrooge McDuck swimming in there. He has a gun. He has a gun with a bayonet on the end of it, and he actually runs this bear through. He stabs it right in the chest. Or probably actually more in the abdomen, because it's super tall. Getting into the chest would be hard. But he stabs this thing, 
And the bayonet goes right through the creature and actually puts a notch in the door. And then he ran away, right? <laughs> what else are you going to do? You were brave enough to even try stabbing this thing. They said he was never quite right after this. Like, he was kind of a screw loose in the head. He's kind of like Batman. And he was a coward. That's how, you know, he's originally he was a guard. And now he couldn't even guard his own breakfast from a mouse. He was a coward. And so I'm sure he got fired. I don't think they let many cowards be guards. Now, I read both of those accounts, and it reminded me of the old legend. In Europe, the original word for bear is lost to time. We don't know what it is. Because they believed if you muttered the original word for bear, a bear would appear. And bears were the equivalent to Godzilla back then. Like, in medieval or dark ages Europe, if a bear showed up, your, t- your town is wiped out. We did a story about a bear that laid siege to a Japanese village. And it, it was just, I mean, it, it annihilated these people. Bears would have been unstoppable in the 800s or the 900s. And really, you don't even want to see them today. So the original word that early Europeans used for bear, we don't know what it is. We don't know what it is. <laughs> Imagine if there was a word that if you said a bear would show up and we don't know what it is, you'd be afraid to kind of use any words, right? So originally I thought, oh, not only you would become mute because you think you might accidentally summon a bear. You're like, oh, I can't say anything now. I'm too scared. But originally I was thinking, what if someone said the word in the Anne Boleyn story? Like he's like, oh, fuzznut. And then the bear appears. He's like, oh, no, I said the word. But then I had another thought. Because I came across one more story. I saw this posted online by Pegasus3367. When she was a 10-year-old girl, her grandpa took her frog hunting. Apparently this is a thing. Where they caught a bunch of frogs, and then they would put them out of their misery. They'd kill them. And then they'd cut their legs off. They're going to make fried frog legs, or sell the frog legs to someone else. I hope, right? I hope they're not just doing it because they're like, yes, I just love cutting legs off things. They would cut the legs off and throw the torsos in a pile. And later that night, this girl, will call her Pam, she's sleeping and she hears ribbit, 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 ribbit. And she's like, oh, that's horrible. That's a horrible sound because she knows no frogs should be around. They killed, they killed the entire population in their area. She knows it has to be coming from the pile of supposedly dead frogs. We must have missed one. So she goes out. And she sees this pile of frogs. Right now, you're eating frog legs. You're like, mm-mm-mm. I love listening to Dead Rabbit Radio and eating the one thing he's never talked about. She walks out to this pile of frog corpses. And sure enough, on the top of the pile, there's a frog kind of squirming around with no legs. It's kind of like crawling as much as it can with no legs. And she, and she kills it. She realizes we must have missed this one. She stabs it and puts it back on the pile and goes back to bed. Two hours later, ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. And she's like, oh, great. <laughs> right? So she goes back out. She's like, I sure have a hard time sleeping when I ate all those fried frog legs. Definitely give me these nightmares. She walks out there, and it's not a nightmare. She sees this frog, the same frog that she had killed earlier, still squirming around. And she's like, oh, I, I must have not done it right. So then she chops the frog's head off and buries the body. Now, now no one will know of my crime. The next night, ribbit, ribbit. She's like, oh, great. She wakes up. 
to the sound of the frog, and she's like, okay, now this is <laughs> this is getting super terrifying. And the first two parts were pretty scary, too. She walks out, and she can't figure out where the croaking is coming from. She's looking at the pile. She's looking at all the frogs. She can't figure out the source of the noise. She can clearly hear this frog croaking. And she walks over to where she had decapitated and buried the frog. And she starts digging up the grave. The frog is no longer there. Ribbit. Ribbit. And she said to this day, she's still terrified of frogs. I started thinking about this. The reason why we think... The reason why we recognize ghosts is because they're in locations or time periods where they shouldn't be. If you were walking through a British mall and you saw, standing at the end of a hallway, a woman in Elizabethan garb just kind of standing there, you would think that's a ghost, right? I mean, I don't, you might not jump to that conclusion right away. There might be an Elizabethan costume store nearby. But it... Dang it. Quit being creepy. Stuff's still falling in here. The reason why we think of ghosts is we wake up in the middle of the night, we go into the bathroom, and you go and you go to the bathroom, and then you're washing your hands, you look up, and in the mirror behind you, there's a woman standing there with dripping wet black hair staring at you in the reflection. And you know that there's not supposed to be a creepy woman in your bathroom. You know when you walk into your closet and there's a guy just hanging there. You're like, I clearly hung my bodies in the living room. We know that ghosts exist because we see them in locations that they shouldn't. We The reason why they know this was a ghost bear is it was appearing in the house in a place where it shouldn't be, i.e. the foot of people's beds. And it was not doing what a bear would normally do, which would be eating everyone and then making a good bowl of porridge. Same thing with this frog, right? She's hearing the noise in a place where she knows all the frogs should be dead. Here is my hypothesis. Ghosts are everywhere. Everywhere. When you're walking through a mall, there very well may be a ghost walking through the mall as well. You would not even... If it's a ghost of a six-year-old girl who died in a horrible car accident when she was getting ready to pick up her favorite toy on Christmas Eve, and now her ghost is in this mall, would you notice a six-year-old girl dressed in, say, late 1990s fashion, or maybe even more current, walking into the toy store? Would, you even, would that even register in your brain? Because we see kids in malls. Or you're at an amusement park. And you're standing there and you see a happy family kind of looking out at Mickey Mouse waving at them. And they're kind of waving back. And that's really a ghost family. <laughs> they were all horribly crushed. Horribly crushed by the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. No, you wouldn't even register it. I think we may see ghosts all the time and we don't know it. And I thought about the same thing with ghost animals. Like, what if when you're walking around and you see a squirrel running by, you expect to see squirrels in your neighborhood? Squirrels are everywhere. That might be a ghost squirrel. Because that's where it's supposed to be. Now, if you went home and you woke up and there's a bunch of squirrels in your bed, unless you're Cinderella, it would be very weird. Or when you look up at the sky and you see a bird soaring. Maybe that's a ghost bird. You know what I mean? I, if, if you saw... If this bear was not in Anne Boleyn's office... 
If they were walking through the woods and they saw a bear just kind of walking through the woods, no one would be like, oh, I saw a ghost today. Because we expect to see bears in the woods. But maybe it was a ghost. Maybe that giant elk that you tried shooting during your hunt and you swear that you hit it, but it got away. It could have been a ghost. We register ghosts because they're in locations they shouldn't be. Usually our houses, right? But if that same ghost was walking down the street or standing in a mall or sitting on a park bench watching the sunset, you would never think, dude, I saw I saw so many ghosts today. They might actually be incredibly common. We may see ghosts all the time, but because they don't register, they're not doing something unusual, we're not interacting with them, we just walk past a loving couple holding hands, not knowing that they had died. This is such a depressing episode. Not knowing that they had died on the way to their wedding. You wouldn't even register it. So maybe ghosts aren't a rare phenomenon. Maybe they are part of our daily lives. We just don't notice them because they're doing normal things. They're dressed in normal clothes. They seem to be other humans living their lives when they're really just spirits living their afterlives. It makes you wonder of how many people we see throughout the day are still with us. Just a hypothesis, of course. I don't have any evidence to back this up. But I do think if ghosts exist, we should be seeing a lot more of them. It shouldn't be so rare. Because so many people die constantly. Maybe it's not rare. In a way, it seems like every person you don't interact with could be a ghost. <laughs> I know that's a super bold claim to be making, right? But... The other day I was walking down the street and all the cars driving past me. And you'd see sitting in the passenger seat some dude just staring out into the distance as the driver is silently continuing down the road. Could have been a ghost. <laughs> Could have been. That's the argument I'm making. Could have been a ghost. Or when you are like walking down the street and you see... And they don't even have to be dressed in like bell bottoms and stuff like that. And they're like groovy, man. And then they like fade away and you're like, oh, that guy must have died back in the 60s. No, the, people die People die in normal clothes. People die in clothes from today. You could be walking down the street and you see like a young man just kind of standing there like rubbing his tummy. <laughs> he died of hunger. He died of hunger. He was right outside that Taco Bell. Uh, he actually died from eating the Taco Bell. He's rubbing his stomach in pain. Oh, why did I eat there? again. It could be that we see the world teeming with life, but we could simply be surrounded by echoes of the dead. And we would never really know for sure unless we interacted with each and every person we saw. <laughs> saw walking down the street. I wanted this ending to be creepy. I wanted this ending to make you wonder, whoa, dude, is that dude dead? But <laughs> I'm basically encouraging you guys to walk up to everyone and being tapping on the shoulder and being like, oh, okay. Just making sure you were still alive, sir. <laughs> Have a good day. And then you continue on and you're tapping people on the shoulder. Don't do that. Just sit back and think about every time you see someone, every single time you see another human, your boss, your boss is walking up to you. You're like, la, 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 la. I thought you died, sir. You can't give me orders. I don't listen to ghosts. Who knows, though, right? Who knows? There should be more ghosts than we actually see. And we may be seeing ghosts all the time. They just blend in perfectly with their environment. The only time we notice a ghost is when it's in a place it shouldn't be, like your bedroom, 
or dressed in clothes not of the time. Like an Elizabethan ghost floating around modern-day London. People would be like, that's a ghost. So the next time... Never mind, never mind, I want to stop giving examples. I think I kind of lost the spooky part. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. <laughs>